Hey everybody, this is LaShanda Loffridge from Houston, Texas, and you're listening to the Do You Want to Be Made Whole podcast. Are you tired of being tired of the way you feel? Does your situation seem hopeless? This is a podcast that encourages you to heal, dare to dream, and to be the best you for you. Life is meant to be lived. Tune in and let your pain be a light in your sky. Today, I'm super excited to have my girls joining me. I will let them introduce themselves. I'm so blessed to be connected to and affiliated with such powerful, knowledgeable, and professional women. And so we often have times where we talk about how things are not discussed enough as it relates to mental health. Episode two is targeting a discussion about mental illness. There's not enough discussion about what it is, who it affects, and what to do with it. We jokingly use terms like psycho or crazy or retarded or bipolar and good fun, but they are orders, disorders that are identifiable. Psychological mood disorders, all of those things are very real. So for example, I experienced unexplainable sadness, hopelessness, and a lack of energy. Little did I know these are the symptoms of depression. Once I started recognizing and addressing it, I felt so much better. So I wanted to bring some professionals on board with me today to educate us more about our mental health. And so I'm going to give them an opportunity to introduce themselves. Welcome, ladies. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay. So you all can introduce yourselves. Okay. I'm Brittany Haywood, and I am a school counselor. I'm Jacorlin Smith-Johnson, and I'm a behavior interventionist in the school system as well. And I am Dr. Tiffany Wilson. I am a certified school counselor and a licensed professional counselor. Amazing. Thank you all again. So happy to have you all joining me today. And so what I wanted to do was just talk about, let's just have an open discussion talking about mental health awareness. As counselors and in the profession that you all work in, what are things that you do or say or try to promote when you have encounters of needing to counsel with someone or address mental health? I know for me, the first thing that I I say to whoever I'm talking, a client, a student or anything like a teacher I always let them know that it's okay not to be okay. And right. that kind of calms them down and, and put them into not so much a vulnerable state, but a state where we have trust and they can let their guard down. And when they get to talking about what is not okay, then it's easy to help them come up with a solution to the problem they're having. Okay. Okay. But I had to stop that. <laughs> And I'll say that one of the biggest things is trying to reduce that stigma. Anytime you start to talk about mental health, mental illness, immediately people are on guard. Like, there's nothing wrong with me. Mental anything. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, one thing that I always do is I try to let everybody know that First and foremost, you can be suffering from a mental illness, but still have a good sense of mental health. Mm-hmm. So really educating people okay. of the difference between the two. 
because just because you have been diagnosed with depression or anxiety doesn't mean that you don't have good mental health Mm -hmm. because your mental health is how you care for yourself, how you are taking actions to be sure you're in a good head space. So that's what I like to do is, you know, first and foremost, let everybody know is that, you know, we all have the ability to have good mental health as long as we're doing the things to take care of it. Yep. Right. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much because we take some, you know, like you said, the stigma, you know, some will take that one thing of the word mental, you know, Mm -hmm. and that does not. You know, there's just the negativity that's associated with it. Yes. And I think that there's a lot of lack of knowledge, you know, not only in the black community, but just people in general. This is not for black people or a specific culture. This is, you know, awareness to everyone because we all deal with it in some shape or form. Yes, absolutely. I've had, I'm I'm on a different end. I deal more so in the behavioral area. I am a grad student in the counseling area. However, I try to let people know when I do have coworkers or parents that are considering like some type of support Mm -hmm. for their children, letting them know that just like they go to the doctor for regular health checkups and all that, mental health is health. Right. Yes. And so we have to be okay mentally. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times mental is what's causing a lot of their physical behaviors and things that you see on the outsides or inside. So I try to come from that perspective of reminding them that it's it's health. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, so true. That's good. That makes a lot of sense because going back to what you said, LaShanda, like I know different cultures are a little bit more receptive to the mental health thing because they're educated a little bit more on that side and they know what you just described you know like mental health is like going to the doctor physical health mental health emotional i think our people is not that educated to what mental health really is right and how it is a part of your your well-being right right definitely like definitely And that's a term, too. I'm glad you said well-being, Brittany, because that's something that I've tried to do a better job of not necessarily changing the language, but calling it all wellness, right? You know, mental wellness, you know, it's all mind, body, and spirit. It all works together. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So I want you all to give me some insight on in your profession at what point did you learn about mental illnesses? For me, personal. Okay. <laughs> personal experience. You dealt with depression before. You spoke about I've dealt with depression before. Okay. And I've with it to a point where I've even experienced maybe borderline bipolar. Okay. Because when, you, when you're talking that or any disorder, you're thinking of family. Mm-hmm. Like family, um, what I want to say diagnosis and things like that and then I went down my family line and seen who had these problems mm-hmm. and I paid attention to it and it was kind of like a generational thing and it's going on and going on so I kind of pay attention to when triggers are coming or you know mm-hmm. I make 
well-being of my mental, mm -hmm. my top priority. So really me understanding myself mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. understanding that, okay, my mental health might be at stake right now because I'm out of whack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. oftentimes, thank you for sharing that and saying as it relates to it being passed down generationally, you know, in hereditary, oftentimes yeah. these are genetic factors that can be involved with that as well. I know on my side of my father's side of the family, my mater paternal grandmother's side, there's running mental illness of some sort, whether if it's, you know, just different forms of mental illness are on my, my side of the family. And it has shown up in my life at some shape or form, whether if it's in me or in my children. And so that was different for me to come to that realization as well. Mm -hmm. Right. I'll say I was first exposed to mental illnesses. I went through undergrad as a psych major. Okay. And so I had an opportunity to learn a little bit more, but of course it's totally different from when you actually see it manifested mm -hmm. in natural sense. Right. And so Although I learned about it, I got to see it manifested when I dealt with had a close relative or close friend that was like a family friend that I lived with. Mm -hmm. That I went through all the stages of them kind of going through the different diagnoses where at one point it was kind of schizophrenia and then it got down to maybe the bipolar piece. Mm -hmm. And then I, I had personal experience with a family member very close to me who wasn't diagnosed until like 39. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome, though, that, you know, that the diagnosis came at whatever point, you know? Right. To a detriment, but, you know, mm -hmm. it, yes. I'm glad it was, I'm glad he was able to get diagnosed. And then we were able to kind of see like, oh, these are some common traits uh -huh. maybe on my mom's side, maybe. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I'll say for me, I think I took a lot of interest in it early on in my teaching career as I encountered students mm -hmm. who I started to notice like something just a little off in behaviors and different mm -hmm. things that were just not of the norm of what a child, you know, would display in a classroom. And so that's kind of what pushed me into going into counseling and then furthering to get my doctorate in it as well. Mm -hmm. And I would say that studying it, I agree. In the books, it is, you know, okay, you're like, oh, okay, that's that. But mm -hmm. then when you see it manifested and yes. you see people, you know, really trying to struggle and live with it, uh -huh. it's a totally different thing. Definitely, definitely yeah. different. Definitely different. How would you, how how would you say that you have a relationship with someone, or you notice that someone could be potentially suffering from something that needs to be addressed without offending them? Oh, that's hard that's because, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's really especially people closest to yeah. you. Yes, because of course. You don't want to hear that something is wrong with you, right? Mm -hmm. I, I will say I've had to I, I do this with a friend and a really close friend. And it, it didn't go the way I wanted it to go because mm -hmm. 
naturally the the counselor in me came out and I don't think I approached it in a way of a loving friend you know but I really was trying to let her know that like you really have to get some help because I didn't want to see her continue to suffer and a lot of times people are in denial right right especially if they learn to live this way they right. think okay I'm fine this is how life is supposed to be so yeah I definitely think it's it's not easy to mm-hmm. approach right but it's necessary yeah cuz even you know in that profession we there's even guidelines that we follow to mm-hmm. not come friends or family and it's the reason why uh-huh so the approaches I would do, I wouldn't necessarily counsel my friends, but I'll do some techniques. <laughs> right, right. Do some solution or something where they can hear themselves. Yeah. And most, not times out of time when people hear themselves talking, they kind of like, oh, Lord, did I just mm-hmm. say that? Or I, I'll even offer myself to be vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll offer that and then give them a floor. And not for me to give them advice, but give them the floor to just talk. Mm-hmm. And most of the time they just want to talk, but when they hear themselves and when your friend is kind of in the need, like what Tip was just talking about, that's a hard thing. Yeah. Because it's either give them help by any means necessary and put your friendship on the line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. just suffer to be a friend. But are you, you know, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's a hard topic. I've never had to have a hard conversation with someone. Mm-hmm. It kind of, People have just kind of come to me with their issues or with kind of needing someone to kind of be an ear. Mm -hmm. And so I've kind of been able to segue through or kind of maneuver through those conversations to guide that conversation to maybe lead into some resources for assistance or Mm -hmm. I'm just giving them like, hey, maybe you should try this. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you should go speak to this person. Have you tried therapy? Right. You know, right. It's nothing wrong with therapy. You know, so I've never had to kind of have a harder conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, just it just happens so that people kind of come to me for enlist a listening ear. Okay. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. And what I would like to get from you all is, as it relates to how we've been talking about the negative stigma of you know the discussion of mental illness or, you know, affiliations or associations or diagnosis and, you know, things of that nature. What are some ways that you all think we can educate everyone, you know, on mental illness? I think more platforms like this. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Well, yeah. Yes. Yes. Or just being those leaders. To be honest, so many people look up to us. Right. And their friends mm-hmm. and their family, but listening to them talk and they watch what you do. Mm-hmm. And if you get all, you know, this or I listen to this or mm-hmm. I go this therapist or whatever. Or today in my group today, we talked about this. Mm-hmm. Inquire minds here. I invite them sometimes or, you know. Okay. Different. I think yeah. that's a good idea. I I would also say that one thing that I'm noticing a lot more of is the conversations are coming up more in a lot more public spaces like churches and a lot more in schools, definitely. So even talking to children early, educating them 
you mm-hmm. know, early on about here's some things you need to be aware of and look for, you know, and how to care for themselves and their emotions and, and things like that. But I think just making sure that the message isn't, it's something wrong with you, yes. you know? Correct. And, and, and I think it's more like opening arms and saying, you know, we're here to help and we want to give you these resources to ensure that you're able to, I tell my clients all the time, I'm in this so you can thrive, not just survive. Right. That's good. That's I good. I think also approach me from the standpoint, so like we should all be built or be built in a way where our emotional intelligence, where we understand that we have all these emotions and it's nothing wrong with having those emotions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that it's okay to have all the different feels and all the different things, but it's a matter of how, how you handle them when you have situations that arise, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think having more conversations like those things when it comes to mental health, of having them build that that muscle of intelligence for for mental health and understanding that it's not a bad thing to have the, whatever is going on with you. Mm-hmm. We got to get a hold of it so that you don't lose control with it, so that it doesn't, you know, take over your life, so that you can be a successful human being in the world. Right, right. Approaching it also from, again, understanding that it is a health. It is not something that it should just be put on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to thrive and survive, like Tiffany said, you have to take care of your total health. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I have started being open and vulnerable and talking. I have not always been this way for years before I even realized, you know, that like I said, I had the unexplainable sadness, but when I found out about the depressive disorder, I was somewhat ashamed at first, kind of embarrassed because as we are professionals and women and wear the roles, you know, carry the roles that we do and do the things that we do, you're supposed to be with it. You're supposed to have it all together. You're supposed to, according to what society says. And so to share that has opened up this platform for me and it's given me a passion and a drive to want to push it even further and help people to know that you have, that it's okay that you deal with whatever it is because it could be a health-related reason. Maybe there's a chemical imbalance in your body somewhere. Maybe, you know, like we talked about earlier with genetics. It can come from traumatic events. It can come from all shapes of things. And so I would say that the first step is the acknowledgement. You know, Mm -hmm. that something is off. I don't feel right. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. But, hmm, you know, and again, educating people that it's okay when you have those feelings of, you know, whatever that feeling is that you have, it's it's okay for you to feel that way. It's normal. It is normal. It is. Yeah. With emotions, we should be able to we are. have more things and it's just understanding, educating. Yes. Yes. And even with the kids, you know, the, the zones of regulation that we, you know, we, yeah. we teach the kids the colors and the language that we use as educators. I think that that's, you know, it's critical, 
you know, mm-hmm. for, you know, baby to say, I'm feeling a little red right now, you know, okay. so that you'll know which way to, you know, which direction yeah. to go with and that. That's, that's a big thing for adults. Mm-hmm. Where, where are right now? Yes. Sometimes yes. A, a parent timeout or adult timeout, like sit down, hold on, something right. Mm-hmm. And I always say that's your organic self. Yes. So now you can see the rawness of how you can cook it up. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. I need a little here i need to put a little more salt over here you know stuff like that yes so one thing that i do want to say one thing that i do want to acknowledge is that not treating your mental wellness and your mental health can lead to very traumatic and detrimental things I had a friend who dealt with depression and I'm not really sure of all of the, you know, the aspects of the things that my friend encountered, but she took her life and it was a very traumatic event for all of us that loved her. And it was someone you never would have thought would have done it because we portray that we are so strong and that we, you know, we have it together and it gave us some tough times to to get over that. And you know what I what I have realized is that people don't start talking about suicide until someone commits suicide. Exactly. That's when it's discussed. And so conversations like let's talk about mental health, it's all a part of it and when it goes not being addressed, so I'm not saying that suicide is the only thing that is the ultimate, you know. But there are other things that it can affect things that you do, you know, in all areas. Absolutely. I definitely agree. That individual I talked about earlier who was diagnosed at 39 with bipolar was my oldest brother. Okay. He was diagnosed at 39 and he committed suicide at 40. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. And my brother was one of those individuals. Well, first of all, my family... We never talked about mm-hmm. people having anything going on. Yeah. They're conservative in some ways, you know, and so, and on that end, they're very conservative, right? Mm-hmm. We don't talk about what you got going on. And if it's not our business, it's not our business. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As we do, um, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. As we do in our community. And so those conversations never came up, but it did take it and it does become a reactive action. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, somebody commits suicide and then you start hearing the conversations and all the things, it becomes kind of reactive, but proactive in a sense as well. Uh huh. Because we started having those conversations, but we also started doing mental health check-ins throughout the family, like in group chats. That's good. And started having those conversations to understand, like, this wasn't something that happened overnight. That's good. Right. 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 These right. were some things that were building up. And, you know, unfortunately... It happened in this way. Mm-hmm. So how can we stop it from happening with another family member moving forward? Mm. Yeah. And even, again, the acknowledgement, you know, mm-hmm. of that. And it is so unfortunate. And my heart goes out to everyone that has been affected by someone close to them committing suicide. Yeah. That that's what it takes. You know, like it's just we don't talk about it enough. We don't have safe spaces to say, yeah. I don't yeah, like the way I, I feel saying. right now, you know, to be able to, because a lot of us are associated with our religion and our faith. And, you know, you, you, you know, pray about it. Take your problems to the Lord. I did all of that. 
I did, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I did not feel any different. It all works together. Like you all said earlier, yeah. your mind, right. your body, your spirit, you have to address it. You have to be mindful of what you're pouring into yourself. Yes. Yeah. And because mm-hmm. you know what? Yes. Yeah, the take it, take it. God, he, he going to fix it first. Right. Mm-hmm. I noticed when, when that was happening, yes, you do all that, but that's not where you stop. You ask him for a quiet mind mm-hmm. for you to get that. Okay. Quiet mind. Okay. This is not right. This is not right. Then I can kind of focus. God help them who help themselves. That's right. And you said it. Yes. It be, oh, I'm not okay. I'm not this. I'm yes. not that. One, you bringing it all to him. Two, you aware of yourself. Three, what I'm going to do to fix it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. To the people who can help me, Lord. There yes. you go. Destiny workers come your way. Tell you about mental health. Mm-hmm. You see, a, like anything, that's how it works. Yes, you pray, but you you work. You got to work. Exactly. Right? Say faith, faith without works is dead. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I was sharing with Shani. Some, I went to a, a mental health symposium at my university, and I found out some really interesting numbers, right? So in 2020, the number of like suicidal ideations, just the thoughts that people had, they recorded about 12 million individuals that had suicidal thoughts alone. Wow. 2.3 million planned mm. and 1 million of them actually attempted suicide just in 2020. These are the stats from 2020. Wow. Right? And so yeah. I think if we start bringing some of those things forward, mm-hmm. when we're having these conversations, like in our churches, mm-hmm. when our churches are having events and stuff like that, bringing real data yes. to show like, and it's not just you know back in the day when you heard suicidal stats you would hear that it was predominantly caucasian men in their 60s or above who were well off mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. because they get to that stage in their elderly areas and they just don't know what to do with themselves after retiring right mm-hmm. well that's changed drastically especially since the pandemic yes right yeah, yeah. the numbers in the black community have doubled. Wow. If not triple, like the numbers, they're going up in all areas and especially our young people. Yeah. So I was recently reading an article that was, it was an article from 2022. Yeah. At the end of 2022. And it was talking about how the number of from five to 12 year olds going to the emergency room with suicide ideations had gone up five hundred percent wow five hundred percent so just 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 digest that for a moment Mm -hmm. five to twelve years old Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i can tell you the beginning of the school year i had four nssis and that's non-suicidal and i had Mm -hmm. set suicidal wow i I had to do threat assessments and everything it'd be real girls cutting and everything yes and it's in our in the exposure to what they watch, I feel. Social media, you know, living up to these images that are not real and measuring up and all of those things. And that is the whole point of what it is that I am trying to bring awareness to with the point of this podcast. And I want to thank you all so much for this discussion because this is necessary. It's very, very necessary 
for us all to be aware and exposed. And so I'm going to give the floor if you all know of any resources off the top of your head that you could share for addressing, you know, start with your physician. You know, if you don't know, you can always start with your physician. And then from there, what are some things you all recommend? I was going to recommend my sister-in-law. She's a LPC. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Dr. Tiffany Wilson, you can't find me on any platform. You can Google me and contact me if you need any assistance in the area of counseling and therapy. But also, I will say that if anybody is out there uh, truly struggling with any type of suicidal thoughts, I am so glad that we have finally gotten a resource that is very easy to remember. You can simply dial 988. No, no different than you thinking 911, think 988. And there's somebody there available 24 7. 365 to support you and get you connected to any resources that you may need. And there's just a lot of different there. We have uh, NAMI that's out there. There's a lot of different resources um, available. And I, I just have to be, you know, in the trend of things, but TikTok has some good yes. mental health counselors on there that give some good tips. So if you're a TikToker, get on TikTok. It's, there's some stuff out there for you. Okay. Yeah. And also for adults, Working adults, mm-hmm. there are programs through your insurance. Mm-hmm. Anybody who has insurance, you can tap into your counseling resources through your insurance. Mm-hmm. Or employee assistance programs through your job. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. how I started. I started Me counseling too. through the employees. Uh, Me too. Program. Once again, thank you all so much for joining the Do You Want to Be Made Whole podcast. It is my hope and goal in going forth with podcasting to bring awareness to dark subjects that we as a community don't like to discuss. The stigma of the negativity associated with mental health and professional counseling has got to go. It all works hand in hand, your physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional health. Nobody wants to discuss mental health until something tragic happens. By then, it's too late. Access your resources, be a safe space, and don't sit in judgment of those in need. Love y'all. Do you want to be made whole?